Welcome back. To Welcome back. Oh, yeah. Hola. Just kidding. <laughs> That's right. She said uh, hola, and then she said, just kidding. She is yeah. not welcoming our Spanish speakers. <laughs> she meant it, though. She meant hola. No es una broma. Es verdad. No hola. Anyway, we're back. Yeah. We, we have committed to reduce our dilly-dallying. Um, so we're just going to jump back into it. And, co- and by committing, we mean we're going to try. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, you know, all commitments start with, with the intention. Um, <laughs> That's right. Um, so anyway, so last time we talked about John Gottman's research on predictors of divorce um, and the uh, the harbingers of divorce and destruction, the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Um Actually, we talked about three out of the four of them, so we'll talk about the fourth as well a little bit here. But oh, didn't we? Didn't we talk about stonewalling? Last oh, did we? I can't we did talk now. about stonewalling for a little bit. Oh, okay, yeah. that's right. I remember there was some Stonewall Jackson discussion. That, yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah, listeners are like, oh wow, these guys really—they really know their own content. Yep. <laughs> We're people too, all right. Yeah, it is. We forget. <laughs> um, anyway. So uh, we're going to jump back into that just briefly to review and then um, talk about the another important aspect of their findings, which is about friendship and the role it plays in, um, in maintaining a healthy, harmonious, uh, conflict-resistant marriage. Um, and then in a future episode, well, in a following episode, we'll talk more specifically about uh, conflict and, and how kind of how all these um, uh, issues tie together. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> while I was talking, Paul rolled his eyes in a weird way. It wasn't a contemptuous roll eye eye roll though. It was a an, it was an irritating contact eye roll. Is, is all that it was. <laughs> or maybe it was a turning away bed. Yeah, that's true. That, that's true. But uh, but that's a good example of, uh, or at least perceived example of the whole uh, issue of contempt, right? Because that that was the most predictive horsemen for for divorce yeah. uh, that they found in in Gottman's love labs right which were these um labs they were like bed and breakfast <clears throat> except more more intrusive <laughs> yeah they definitely they took people's blood samples urine samples and heartbeat paces yeah or, yeah yeah, yeah. but aside and, from and that I- it was just a relaxing bed and breakfast well, and eye roll measurements. People didn't know that, but uh, no, I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah. But I do think that eye rolls are, you know, uh, correlated with contempt. It, that's it, generally he's, he's talked about that. Yeah, you know, or maybe it was elsewhere he talked it, about that. But um, basically, like, yeah, that's like a physical manifestation of of your disregard for the other person. That's right. The other one is where you do um, like on uh, oh, dang, what's that movie now? Uh, Gladiator, where you just you put your hand out and then oh! you do a thumbs down. <laughs> put your thumb and, down. Uh, that's yeah. uh, that's also. A, a yeah. sign of contempt. That, uh, is it though? So is it, I thought it's just. It, <laughs> well, in that it's film, about it giving was the like... people what the, what they deserve, right? Like, do they do, or I don't know giving the gladiator what he deserves uh, according to the if whim it's of the crowd? Up, then he gets to live. Yeah, right? I, I know, but down, but does. it's but it's based on supposedly it's based on the crowd's. It is based uh, on the crowd yeah, opinion. That, that's true, uh, but, I know, and that's why. If you're having a conversation with one person, though, and you just put your hand out, <laughs> that would be very contemptuous. Like, yes. Not only, do I not, not, not only do I not agree with what you're saying. Yeah, that's a combination get... of stonewalling and contempt because you're not, it's nonverbal. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's not technically exactly. stonewalling. Um, 
So. But uh, anyways, yeah, we, we still, gotta, still yeah. on. How, we got, how about we got it? On a tangent already. We're, <laughs> we're trying to keep those down. We're trying to make these episodes more shorter and more frequent. So yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, okay. And, and so so, yeah. so about the horsemen. Um, the fr- oh well, let's back up a little bit. Um, so he, he in the video that we have um, in in our description for the episode, um, uh, Gottman talked about. Um, how relationships that the ones that last have they found a five to one ratio of positive interactions to negative ones, but only a point zero or excuse me point eight to one ratio for marriages that didn't last. Right, so there's just less positivity in the in the marriages that end up uh, not lasting. Also, yep. just a reminder they they were able to um, eventually predict divorce with like a ninety two percent accuracy rate. Exactly. Within like five years or something. It was more than ninety percent accuracy within yeah. I believe it was ten years. Yeah. It's crazy. They could crazy. Tell, crazy good accuracy. Yeah. 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 That's like <clears throat> obscenely good in in the social sciences. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um yeah. yeah. Social sciences and this is coming from a social scientist are not very good at predicting things <laughs> with with high degree of accuracy. Yeah. So so that's why this, uh, the research on Got- that Gottman did is even more important because if there's a way that you can prevent a divorce, if you can do something about it, of course, barring that it's like not an abusive relationship, yeah, you know, then why wouldn't you do something about it? So that yeah. is why we're here to talk about the ways that we can improve the relationships that we have with everyone. That's right. Yeah, because I mean, divorce was like, a major outcome they were researching but obviously it's closely correlated with you know marital satisfaction relational health um so obviously most of our listeners are probably not married uh maybe some of them are but but you know we really believe these things are relevant for all relationships and Gottman does too you have a book about that yeah um okay so anyway so there's the positive to negative ratios and and they one of their conclusions was that you know to, to succeed at this, it's not about waging war against negativity because some of that negativity is actually potentially constructive. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also helpful for couples to kind of see what are areas of conflict and exactly. what, you know, what, what really is the, the thing that kind of drives or, uh, you know, kind of turns off your partner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's why that conflict is really important. Yeah. Well, and it's also the conflict. Um, we'll we'll talk about this in more detail, you know, in, in the next episode. But underneath the conflict are are things that are meaningful. You know, no no one is trying to be a stinker and a, and a jerk in the relationship. There's there's, but when there's a conflict, there's a mismatch of their dreams, or at least um, at that point, there's a mismatch. It's it's not necessarily unsolvable, although yes, well, you it know, might be. It's, uh... <laughs> No. Like that famous quote, beneath the clothes, we find the man, and <laughs> beneath the man, we find his nucleus. Nucleus. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. In this case, yeah. you know, yeah. within the closed fist, you yeah. find the dream, you know. Yeah, you're, you're welcome, uh, John Heater. Yeah, and, uh, Jack Black and all that. And wait, who's the director? <clears throat> I think that is the director, isn't it? No, 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 John Heater. I can't remember. It's important Thanks. we get this right. Fun fact, my family uh, are friends with... John Heater's family's family. Mm, so sweet. That's in social psychology. That's what we call basking in reflected glory. 
It's like, ah. <laughs> or, or burging. Burging. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Interesting. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of being on topic. Um, okay. So another thing about the four horsemen, they they actually found that there's, even though these are common uh, phenomena in a, in a relationship, there's like productive ways and unproductive ways of dealing with them, and they describe. The two people that have the different approaches as masters and disasters. So just to, to quickly review, uh, the first horseman, and this is not chronological necessarily, like these could happen in different orders, but the one he talks about first is, is criticism, which is where you bring some complaint forward, um, which is probably in, in some sense a legitimate complaint, right? Um, again, it's not that they're trying to create um, conflict for its own sake. Um but for disasters, they tend to do it in a way that, that just blames the other person. Like, I had this bad experience that you were involved with, and it's your fault because you're a jerk. Or you're... Or what's wrong with yeah, you. Yeah, what's yeah. wrong with you? I hate you. <laughs> right. Not what's wrong with the situation. What's wrong with you? Yeah. And, and it's accusatory rather than, like, collaborative. And, that, and for masters, they treat it more like a soccer ball that you kick around. You know, the problem is a soccer ball you kick around... Um, so instead masters tend to approach it as this is how this event, uh, how I experienced it. It's how it made me feel. Um, instead of accusing, you just say like, you know, could you please, or this is what I need. And, and you go from there, right? That doesn't mm-hmm. solve the issue, but at least it's a constructive way to, to bring it forward. Sure. Like I take the soccer ball and I ride on it, dishes, and I tell my roommate, "This is the dishes." And then you throw it and at their I, head, and then I kick, <laughs> and then I like kick it very far away. Yeah, oh, like, there we go. Do you get the message. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Good communication. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that doesn't. Work. Uh, okay. So that so that's criticism. Um, closely related is defensiveness, where um, you know when some issue has been brought up, that uh, you'll you'll either for disasters at least they'll either be righteously indignant. Um, you know, and, and maybe meet, meet the complaint with their own counter complaint. Like, oh, I didn't do the dishes. Well, you keep snoring and, or I don't know, or you won't turn the AC down. <laughs> Some, yeah. Something like that. Right. Sure. It's, it's, it's not really engaging on that complaint. It's, it's firing back with your own complaint. Um, sounds so, like you're talking about a real life AC conflict. Definitely not. Those don't happen. <laughs> definitely didn't happen yeah. this week. Yeah. At our house. Um, okay, and then so so it comes across as defensiveness. Either comes across as as righteous indignation or like like a a, a uh, incredulous uh, innocent victim. Right. Where it's like, where's this coming from? I have no idea. Like, why does this even concern me? You know. Um, for masters, they're uh, by contrast, they're able to um, accept their role in whatever the situation is. And instead of looking for a way to like, you know, protect themselves and insulate themselves really and ignore basically the, the, the complaint, um, they're, act, they're willing to uh, accept the possibility that, that they have some role in it. You know, what's funny though is I actually had a situation one time where one person uh, that I went on a date with, they both acted like an innocent victim and they also said that they were taking responsibility for their part of the relationship but mm. they're like well i take responsibility okay. for my part so of the relationship they said the words they said the words okay. but in in fact they were maybe acting a little bit more like an innocent victim so, so i think that's a funny thing to to note because 
some people, you know, words are words, but actions yeah. are actions. V- very yeah. fair. Um, did you really rise? <laughs> no, I did not. That's However, you know, speaking of rolling our eyes, I remember when I was a kid that, you know, my sister would always say that if I rolled my eyes, that my eyes were going to stay in the back of my head. Did you all get that <laughs> no, sort of response? I didn't roll no? my eyes. Oh, because I was very nice. No, you were not I... subversive. Is that what you're saying? Well, not, not in that way, at least. Yeah. Well, well this was just it, more direct. But you know what, Paul? I did roll my eyes inside of my heart. I was like, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> the eyes inside of your heart. <laughs> like your heart inwardly, I rolled my eyes, but I was like, I was like, I'm acting this yeah. way, but I don't believe yeah. that bull crap yeah. on the inside. Uh, Does that make sense? Yeah, these are like yeah. organs inside of organs Absolutely. inside of organs. Uh-huh. Her, the honest heart is like Ricardio yeah. Ricardio from. Ricardio from Do you remember Ricardo? Her heart has its uh, yeah. personality. Yeah. And face. Voiced by um, uh, George Takei. Yeah. Okay. That was great. That's funny. Uh, but that was in Adventure Time. You're welcome, Adventure Time. <laughs> I know. You're welcome again. Yeah. Okay. Um, the third, and as as we mentioned, the most predictive of divorce of the of the four horsemen was uh, disrespect and contempt. We've already talked a lot about it here, um, but it's basically feeling superior to the other person, talking down to them, really not respecting them um, um, as as a person, right? With with legitimate feelings, with legitimate uh, perspectives, um, and it's sadly extremely common in the world today. Uh, just hop on social media. And you'll see it. Um, uh, the opposite. Uh, so what masters do uh, with this is um, they instead practice um, and create a culture of uh, admiration and affection and and love. I don't know if he says it exactly that way. Yeah. But um, it's it's really like looking for opportunities to give them credit, even even in small ways, right? Like, go ahead. Yeah, exactly. It's catching your partner doing something right. Yeah. Uh, instead, because it's so easy to focus on all the things that are wrong. But you know, it's a funny thing that when we do take the time to to say, "Hey, you know what? I really appreciate you coming over tonight," or "Hey, I really appreciate you doing this one thing for me," it's amazing how that builds on so many other things yeah. in your relationship. Yeah. So, when my roommate does the dishes, I would I would like to use one of these phrases here. I loved watching you do the dishes. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds a little bizarre. It does sound a little creepy. Yeah, but if There's you could say, like, thanks yeah. for doing that. that yeah. Exactly. That's thanks for watching a good dishes. example of this. Small yeah. positive. He just doesn't have to say, I loved watching you do the dishes. <laughs> I know. It's just, I, I, just, I was just uh, riffing off it because there's a phrase on here that's like, I loved watching you play with the baby, which is a good one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I loved yeah, watching you funny. do the dishes. Sounds kind of yeah. creepy. Um, but but yeah, yeah, thanks for doing the dishes. I think that's... I legitimately a very you know a right step in the right direction yeah uh of creating a culture of admiration and appreciation yeah totally okay and then the fourth one finally and then we're gonna (laughs) actually jump into what remains of our episode uh the fourth one is stonewalling so this is um where um communication kind of ceases where one person uh, withdraws emotionally from from the conflict. Um, they, as he descri- as John Gottman describes it, you know, it might look like the person has their arms folded, looking at different, looking at looking away, you know, not making eye contact. Uh, maybe not even, you know, there's no there's no like uh huhs and yeah and oh, you know, it's it's just like what was you, this? You, you you might physically be present, but 
but you're you're make you're trying to make it clear that you are not a part of this, which is kind of ironic because obviously it's in a it's a deliberate attempt. <laughs> so it's like obviously you are a part of it, but but you you're you know it's kind of making it clear. I hate this conflict so much that I'm not even gonna try. And I but I want you to know that I'm not trying. <laughs> and I think part of it is. You know, like you said, walking on eggshells. It's your. I didn't room, say that. You or, said that. Like, well, it's like you. Well, you <laughs> said that without saying that. If that makes sense. Um, but yeah, it's like walking. It's the equivalent of walking into a room and a person and you talking to a person and that person not responding. They're yeah. stonewalling you. Yeah. And what that does is it creates. It just creates a bad culture. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think you mentioned this last time, Brass, that um, men are more off, more com, more off, more likely to get like kind of overload in a yes. conversation and get Phys- to the point physiologically. Where, right. Yeah, we we um, and this is on average, but but this has to do with just the struct, the physiology of the brain, the nervous system. Um, men's men's tolerance for negative emotion uh, is is lower than it is for women. So we. As um, Daniel Goleman describes in uh, in Emotional Intelligence, and there's been other books written about it, but as he describes, like, um, uh, the, it, well, I guess the term they use in, in the research is, is flooding, where you're flooded yeah. with um, the cortisol, the stress stress hormones and stuff, sure. um, you know, which, which probably explains to, to some extent why men in general... Um, don't like to engage in in emotionally fraught conflict and um yeah i think it's also true that and, and we don't have as much space in our brain dedicated to communication that's a that's a factor as well i interrupted you go ahead sure well i interrupted you first um uh <clears throat> like in we talked a little bit about the fists last time i think a little well, bit that's about conflict yeah but, but you can mention it <laughs> <laughs> yeah well well uh Okay, yeah, sure. Uh, but I just the point that I was going to make is just that um, um, it's it's in some conflicts it's it's true that there's like an underlying reason that you're not you're you're not ready to tell the other person or it's like yeah I, like at least I've experienced this with like my brothers talking with them about their marriages and stuff yeah and looking at some argument with their spouse. It's not really about what they're arguing about. It's really about something else. Yep. It takes them a while to get to the bottom of it. Yeah. And it's it's hard because like I think as guys guys tend to be more logical thinkers, you know. I've seen this with like my I saw this with my dad it's where it's like tendency. Yeah, tendency. Yeah. Like if, if if there doesn't seem to be like a logical um reason for the argument. And you know let me even just back up a little bit there. Men are plenty emotional. Uh, I think hormonally, we don't have as much going on emotionally as women, but for sure, like there are turbulent emotions in men as well. Uh, I think we probably prefer the logic and, and our brains are more compartmentalized that I think makes it a little bit we're more easier, but I, I don't, there, there's a tendency in, in our modern culture to think that like logical and rational is like good. And it's like objective, and it's like the end all. But, but the reality is, none of us are really purely logical, right? Anyway, well, sure. just a big tangent. Well, yeah, I don't yeah. have that. I yeah. don't have that assumption. What I'm yeah. talking about here, I, mean, I, I don't assume that logical is better, uh, but that it's just a difference, you know. Yeah, that, yeah. That, um, 
I noticed this, for instance, with my mom and dad. I remember one time my, my mom got up to do something, and my dad asked her if he could grab her like a Pepsi or something. And she got really mad, and her, her logic was, why would you wait till I get up to ask me that? It's so, like, I, I don't remember what she said. Huh. And to me, it, it seemed like it, it would make sense, though. Like, logically, well, maybe it's more convenient if you're already up doing something. I don't huh. know. But anyway, so my dad, like, looked kind of dumbfounded and was like, oh, sorry. <laughs> he didn't know what to say. Yeah. And I, and I, and I think to myself... Probably my mom was upset about something else, I think. Maybe. You know, is my guess. But, yeah. Or um, maybe there's a tendency that, because this tends to happen, people tend to think, hey, man, you should know exactly what I want or what I am thinking. Yeah. Or, yeah, could be. Or, could yeah. be, or maybe it's like, you know, in, in other aspects of their marriage, maybe like she felt that he would ask things of her at the most inconvenient time. You know, like. Yeah. Uh, and and this just happened to be the most recent example, right? Or the most like obvious one? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I don't yeah, know. It might have been. So the opposite of stonewalling, which is withdrawing from uh, emotional conflict or withdrawing from conflict, is to actually listen to each other and to build on each other's bids. And today we're going to talk about what. Uh, what the research has found on principles for having a good relationship, which are doing well, about? yeah. So it, yeah. Um, you know, it's it's about uh, friendship and and how that um, not only only increases the enjoyment in, in the relationship, but it also protects against um, these negative aspects and against the you know specifically the disaster aspect of the four horsemen. Um, so, so it is. It's it's uh, about maintaining intimacy as well as um, you know pr- healthily navigating conflict. So, he he talked about um, the their three findings, which were building a love map, as they call it, um, uh, having fondness and admiration, and um, responding to each other's bids. And let's see. Okay, so first one, love maps. This one's. In some ways, this is like, well, I mean, again, these are not necessarily like so out there that we've never thought about them, but the execution is the hard part. And um, and we're usually failing in some way, you know, maybe it's a big way or a small way, but um, there, there's always, um, these are always relevant. Let's put it that way. Um, so a love map is, is kind of like, you're... A shared understanding of, of each other's worlds, really. Um, it's understanding what's important to them, what they don't like, what they do like. Um, I mean, really, when you boil it down, it's just knowing the person really well. Yeah. You know? Knowing the person really well. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And it's very much about, um, well, to it can't you can't build a love map together unless you really communicate, right? And this is, yeah, and in, in have- the dating world, this is obvious, right? And, and but maybe we fall out of practice in marriage, or it could be a temptation. Go ahead. Absolutely. Well, you know, you had this uh, situation earlier this week where a friend was asking you about the, the dates she was going on. The guys weren't asking any questions of her. That's right. right. And that's like the opposite of what you want to do. Uh, that's the, right. The point is that you you, you want to actually get to know the person. Yeah. And so it's yeah. not all talking about you and just that's right. whatever. You need yeah. to actually like ask open ended questions. I, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. And and I even told her we we might try to 
talk about it on the show sometime. Oh, and actually, we're going to get all the guys on the line right now. All the guys, yes. <laughs> Why didn't you ask Why didn't you ask girl? any questions, yeah. Bubba? You talk just about yourself, not about her. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Um, we'll probably talk about it another time. But, but uh, you, see you know, like, when, when, when I hear that, you know, I like facepalm. It's like... Yeah. What's wrong with you guys? Now, sure. that being said, that being said, I can't jump to conclusions. And that's kind of what we, our consensus was, is like, if it's just a first date, mm-hmm. you don't know them that well. It yeah. wasn't a great first impression. And and maybe if you kept going out with them, maybe the impression wouldn't be changed in any way. But, but you know, maybe they were tired that day. Maybe they were stressed. It's uncomfortable meeting a new person. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe they're just out of practice dating. Uh, maybe she's just so cool and like impenetrably awesome that they don't know where to start. Viviana wants to say something. I do want to say, so I had a situation similar to that one time. I went on a date. It was a first date and the guy talked about himself the whole time. And he like, I'm not saying he didn't ask me any questions about myself, but it wasn't to the degree that I asked yeah. him questions about himself. Yeah. And then later on, he said something like, well, you ha- you could have asked me any question and blah, blah, yeah. or, or whatever. Yeah. But I didn't really 100% explain like, hey, listen, you know, I I didn't feel like you were that interested in me because all you yeah. talked about was yourself, you yeah. know? Um, I didn't say that because I didn't want to say that. But yeah. um, I don't know. I felt like I got a somewhat glimpse of who he was. But, you know, at the same time, I'm like, well, do you know who I am? You know, yeah. do you know anything about me? It, it could happen for many reasons. Yeah. You're right. Like sometimes guys are just really nervous. Some guys are just really arrogant. It could be like any reason. And, yeah. and that's why it's really frustrating to just say, oh, well, it was for this one reason exactly. Because the truth of the matter is we don't know 100% now, why people do. That being said, yeah. that being said, it's, you know, it's, it's also... You can you can build a, a habit out of it. Yeah. You can improve on it. Like, yeah. um, you know, to be aware that this is a potential problem, and like yeah. I'm gonna try to be better about that in my subsequent dates. Uh, I, I would also say, and I told my friend this as well that because she and she she uh, hypothesized this and and asked for my input. You know that maybe there's like some sort of gender component to it, and and I said, yeah, I think there is. I, I met and we. You know, we've talked about this before. We'll talk about it more in other episodes. But, like, there are physiological... And, and we've talked about it even in this episode. There are physiological differences between men and women. Doesn't make make bad behavior an excuse, but it does help to explain why things are naturally the way they are. And, and then from there, you can try to, you know, whittle away some of the imperfections. You know how when you know how when couples get into arguments and they go to counseling and then they have a talking stick and then they just like yeah. hand that talking stick. Sure. Maybe that's what should happen at the beginning of the date. Of a date. <laughs> if, if, if you don't know, if you maybe feel like, hey man, they're not asking me enough questions about myself. I, hey, I, let's play this game. I have a talking stick. It's let's, a novel idea. <laughs> it's a novel idea. I think um, when you're just getting to know someone everyone is so skittish that they take anything too far out of the norm as yeah. a sign of extreme weirdness and awkwardness. So, but it was a good, it's a good thought <laughs> and a good joke. Um, it was more of a joke. Yeah. But... I, I wish our culture, uh, I wish that were baked into our dating culture. Yeah. But yeah. You, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy to think that some people <clears throat> don't know how to enhance love maps. They don't know how to ask the right questions to kind of get the most information out of other people. I don't know. I feel yeah. like sometimes in my in some relationships that I have with some people, uh, I feel like maybe I'm not doing this as well as I could. So, what are some examples yeah. of yeah. some questions of 
enhancing a map, love yeah. map. Well, yeah, yeah, before we get to oh, specific go questions, I think it'd be good to point out that um, Gottman said this is a good challenge that he gave people is um, j- just straight up like how many questions you're asking, period. Because he, yeah. he said that if you want to change your life in the, ne- in, in the area of relationships for two weeks, try just making half of your comments mm. be open-ended questions, uh, not, not statements. Yes. Thing is the point. Yeah. Like just, just I, I think people struggle just with asking questions, period, to begin with. Yes. Espe- and if they're open-ended, that like takes an special amount of like discipline, I yeah, think. It's, <laughs> but it requires like more work. Yeah. And more patience, right? Because yeah. um, this, this, this thing about people not knowing how to ask questions to you, it definitely happens on... I've had it happen on dates too, where like I get at the end of a date and I'm like, man, this girl didn't ask me any questions at all. It definitely goes both ways. Yeah. Yeah. But I I think by the numbers, men are probably slightly, at least slightly more the offenders more often, but for sure. Like I was on a date recently that was kind of like that. And then actually it ended up getting better as we were about to part ways. It became more bilateral. Anyway, go ahead. In your friend, in your friend who was asking you about the guys she'd been on dates with, she made the comment about peacocking, you know, perhaps men are more trying to kind of like show off or which is true especially with someone a woman that we're interested in and in and we don't know very well and they don't know us this is again this kind of part of male psychology like a lot of our reason for communicating especially when we're trying to impress women right is is about putting telling stories that put us in a good light that that showcase our competence it is true there's a jordan peterson podcast i listened to recently and he he just said that like almost everything men do is like is, is essentially kneeling at the altar of women, you know. So <laughs> much of what we do yeah, yeah. is fact, is meant remember, solely to impress yeah. women. I didn't see this yeah. Futurama. Women have episode. no idea. <laughs> you, you've probably seen this. My friend just told me about a Futurama episode where they, or no, it was The Simpsons. I don't remember where they um they invented a romantic robot that uh, replaced women basically. And all this of, is Futurama. All, all of society fell apart. <laughs> yes. It, it, it turned out that everything that kept society running was men's interest trying to win over exactly. women. Exactly. Uh, we took that away and everything collapsed. Yep. But, That's hilarious. But anyways, getting back to Viviana's point, um, it, okay, if you're just not, it's a good, I think it's a good exercise or thing to, you know, try to figure out about yourself is like, well, well how many questions am I asking, period, you know? Am I even asking people questions? The people and are they open ended? That's yeah, they the open-ended. that's the qualifier yeah, for building yeah. a, a love map. Yeah. So so you were asking you were talking about what are some good open ended questions? So yeah, maybe, maybe we have a bunch. Good, you probably have some good examples. Um. Well, um. You know, I there was actually a an article uh, in the New York Times, and it was talking about thirty six questions that lead to, lead to love. I don't know if you remember. Was it? I have heard about this that. Thing where then you stare in each other's eyes for like. Yeah. A, oh <laughs> yeah. Well, that was one of the more, criteria. Yeah. The questions get more and more intense, intense. more personalized. Yeah. Oh yeah. Which is, some, oh yeah, but also kind of scary, you know. It's yeah. Like, it's vulnerable, they're vulnerable for so sure. The first, that's true. That's there, true. There's like three phases of those questions, but one of the questions was something like, um, uh, describe or or what is the thing that you're the most proud of in in your life? You know, that those types of questions uh, get your partner really discussing. And kind of revealing themselves and and yeah, sure. I'm pretty sure everybody on this yeah. podcast would answer for the awesome trips. That's my biggest thing I'm proudest about. <laughs> Definitely, awesome. it's on the list. It's on the list. Yeah. Uh, so some other ones, some other like examples of of love map questions is, you know, what's your favorite movie? For me, that would be a big one. 
Yeah, me too. Because yeah, because I, mean, I take my movies seriously, and and I don't just <laughs> like you know <laughs> Michael Bay flicks or what. No, I, in fact, I hate Michael Bay movies. Sorry, Michael Bay. I don't even know. What, is Michael, what are some Michael Bay movies? I, mean, uh, I heard that Armageddon. Okay. I think <laughs> Pearl Harbor. Uh, you know, is Armageddon the one where there's the asteroid coming? Yeah, and they're gonna <laughs> split it apart with a nuke. Yeah. See, this is a good example yeah. of building love <laughs> yes. maps. You guys are exactly. just building each other's no, love maps. No, this is a hate map. Well, right. but it's the same kind of thing, right? That's well, actually one of them. Like, what are some things you dislike? You know, that, yeah, yeah. What do you dislike? Yeah, uh, le- yeah your no. least favorite relative. <laughs> yeah, that. Uh, would, Paul said that he wasn't gonna admit to that, yeah, so yeah. we don't know who that is. Yeah. That's right. Uh, yeah. What one thing uh, the person would like to change about you? Um, oh, one thing man. you could do to improve your relationship with that person. I mean, those are really good. Yeah. Um, places or events. Uh, that the person would find most un- most most uncomfortable, huh. uh, current stresses or worries, favorite yeah. way to get over being sad, special hobbies and interests. Sure. Yeah, you know, and those it, are your questions, man. And but, it's like... so easy to overlook these in in a family context, especially. Totally, um, I, yeah. I've noticed this in my family recently as well. Who they're wonderful people, but you know, as I'm thinking about this research, it's like. There's so many ways this applies to my other relationships. So what you're saying is that you're not applying, you're not building each other's love maps, and you know, in your in your family relationship. Well, that's I th- what you're saying? I think um, a- as he talks about, you know, it's also important to periodically update, update your your yes. love maps because people change, their priorities change, they make different decisions. Sometimes they have different experiences. Sometimes big decisions. You know, like we've had some of those in my family. Again, not getting into specifics, but like. Uh, people change and um, yeah, it's, it's important to try to keep up. I mean, I, so, it's a little complicated, but just in general, like, yeah, if, if, if your relationship is important to you, try to keep up with them. Try to make the next 50%, 50% of the things you say to people an open-ended question. That's what Gottman said. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think that's really awesome. Mm-hmm. Like when I go home for Thanksgiving, you know, and I see my brother, I'm gonna say, "It's great to see you," you know, um, and then I'm just gonna say, "What's your biggest fear?" <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so, sorry, and, every yeah. other question has to be very yeah. deep. And, no, and and I'll just add, like, sorry, in case any of my family members are listening, which I don't uh, think they do, to be honest. But if they are, like, there are also good examples in my family of yeah. this. So, um, but it but it just goes to show, like, this is building healthy relationships is a universal challenge and um and it always takes effort you know maybe not even small effort right like a lot of the culture of appreciation is just small stuff but it's it's about the habit uh it's about the culture right not not about one-off events absolutely Um, like i i kind of think that like the the family that consistently does this really well might be kind of rare i don't know because yeah because in my family as well i feel like oftentimes we just it's it's not supernatural to like bring up kind of more yeah. personal questions and yeah. stuff. We just and, don't. And you have a, a family full of dudes. It is, and, yeah. And it's a bigger ones. family. That's I think, true. I think the more men and the more kids, the, the harder it is, I think. Yeah, I remember like after my mission, I remember, I don't remember, I like off the plane or something. I was like giving all my brothers hugs, and, and one of them almost like seemed like totally surprised and like, uh oh. What is this that, strange that, sensation that, I'm feeling? So what you're saying is your family is more distant. (laughs) To some extent, I I mean, or emotionally distant, or we just don't. It's like uh, it's it's. I we spend a decent amount of time together. Um, You just don't open up. We just don't ask these questions some a lot of times. You know, know? I actually feel the same way about my family. I feel like I've 
I feel like, you know what, now that I know this about the love maps, I could probably take this and apply it with all of my friends, all of my family members that I, sometimes there's some family members that I avoid just because I avoid them (laughs) for good reason, but maybe it wouldn't hurt to ask one open-ended question every now and then. Now, that being said, also, like, we're all finite people, right? Like, King Benjamin in the Book of Mormon admonished us not to run faster than we have strength, and I mean, I think that's... That gets a lot more attention in the church these days, which is good. Like, it's so easy to get burned out trying to do all these things yeah. right. And no one can do every everything. Yeah. Um, y- you know, sure. there's always more good things we can be doing and, and we can get burned out. And, you know, I think it, this is especially uh important that we prioritize the the closest relationships you know and if that's your if you're married then it's your spouse right your spouse and your kids and then and then if you have some extra bandwidth then you can reach out to paul and ask you know how his love map has changed you know yeah exactly (laughs) and and you know and i'm talking about my family here too like i don't i don't mean it as criticism either like um I feel close to my family generally but it's also so you you mean it as a complaint (laughs) Uh oh I guess uh, yeah. no, not a, or as a suggestion. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay, there you go. Like I mean, because because to me, it it because when I do ask questions like that of my family, which they just don't, they don't I know how don't, to react. No, no, they totally do. They open up and we talk about it. Oh, okay. And, but nice. it's just I, I just think that we just don't often think about it. Like it doesn't come to mind. Like hey, I should be b- continuing to build a love map with my family members. Yeah, I think that's part of what's going on. Because yeah. I know like some like I remember like a few years ago, I talked with one of my brothers about some some faith stuff you know that um and and uh it was a really good conversation i just had yeah. never asked the question yeah you know i just never had yeah and, and so totally easy to not even realize it's a valuable thing yeah yeah well and i think that's what we're learning uh as we're learning about gottman's research we're realizing like yes all of this stuff makes sense we should be doing all these things yeah. we just need to try yeah 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 i, I agree Okay, we're almost out of time. Why don't we yeah. touch on the others at least briefly? So, so these three components of friendship. The first one was building as well as periodically updating love maps. Uh, second one is fondness and admiration. This is basically the same thing as the, how masters approach, um, you know, or counteract contempt, which is um, it's about communicating affection and respect in small ways creating a culture of appreciation. And he uses the word tiny in a tiny way. I thought that was maybe a little too extreme. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought maybe small would be better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, we had we to laugh about I that. Know. But but it's very much about communicating the affection and the respect, right? Yeah. You, you, may, you may have affection and respect in your heart, but if you don't communicate it, that is the wrong way to do it. It has to be communicated. Um yeah, I think he had the story about the husband who had had this great experience when he first met yeah. his wife, and yeah. it was like 17 years later, and she had just never heard that story yeah. at all. And yeah, and so they were now. still married. Yeah, they were still married. I, like, I mean, they did good, get married, but she, had a good relationship, he but... had never communicated how smitten he was upon meeting her at first time. It's like, yeah. wow, what a wasted opportunity. It wasn't wasted in the sense that like things fell apart, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, it's a squandered opportunity. Let's put it that way. Yep. Um, and I am opposed to squandered opportunities, <laughs> as uh, it goes against my my relational thinking and my economic thinking. <laughs> you don't <Love> want waste. <laughs> you want efficiency. Yeah, I agree. Um, 
I also like saying the word squander. Yes, me too. Um, yeah. It's true, though. It's inefficient. Okay, so then um, the last one, which we'll, we'll definitely talk about more in the next episode, but it's about responding to bids. Mm-hmm. Uh, Viviana, what does he mean by bids? Okay, so a bid is basically trying an attempt to get your partner's attention. So it could be something as simple as like, hey, mm-hmm. look at this. And if you're paying attention to me, if you're going to turn towards me, you're going to be like, oh, this is awesome. You know, whatever yeah. that thing is. But if you're turning against me or you're, if you're turning against me, you might just be, you know, so busy, you know, washing your own dishes, you know. Yeah. And if you're turning against, that's turning against and then, or turning away, you'd just be washing your own dishes. You'd be preoccupied with your own thing. You're not even paying attention to me. And then the last one is turning against, which is basically kind of being antagonistic towards me. And if yeah. if I were to say, hey, hey, look at this. And if you were turning against me, you'd be like, hey, did you do that one thing that I asked you to do yeah. or, or something? Yeah. You know, you'd be like... Yeah. Or you'd be like, I don't want to see that, you know, or just yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. Um, there could also be an enthusiastic turning towards, which would be the equivalent of you saying like, wow, this is really cool. And, and it reminds me of yeah. this thing I wanted to do together with you, you know, yeah. or it reminds me of that one time that we did this, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, and and the, the purpose of these is not just to get their attention. It's to it's the emotional connection, mm-hmm. right? It's not just attention for its own sake. I was thinking. Thinking, uh, um, and again, these are these are applicable whether you're married or just in your other relationships. I, I just thought this. I do this all the time with Paul because Paul works from home with his law firm as a patent attorney. That's right. If you need a patent done. PaulJohnsonLaw.com. There we go. <laughs> Thanks for the ad. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, he's very good. Comes highly recommended. Anyway, like oftentimes... I'll just be like goofing off while I'm preparing to go to work and I'll, um, you know, I'll walk into his room backwards because I've been inverted, you know, a la tenet. Um, and, you know, often, most of the time, Paul's like trying to focus, you know, and sometimes he can, sometimes he gives me, you know, a turning towards response. Maybe not enthusiastic, but turning towards like he'll laugh or he'll say, oh no, he's inverted, you know. Uh, sometimes he's just too busy and he'll usually tell me, you know, or have his door closed. Um but uh, but that's a, like a good real world example of, of how just how, what bidding can can look like. Yeah, and it, that's that's it's that's interesting that you bring that up because I do feel I do feel like um, uh, it's a lot harder for me to respond to bids when I'm like in the middle of something naturally. Some task, you know, you naturally. Know? Oh, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I I think as the thing about bids though is that it is usually just in the the day-to-day stuff it's yeah, usually not a special occasion so so yeah, yeah it, it's uh, something to be aware of yeah. so if i say i accept your bid and we'll respond at 5 30 <laughs> you know it's a funny thing because if you think about the relationships that you're you know the people that you're the closest to in your life you probably have more turning towards bids and they probably have more turning towards bids for you. For sure. And if you think about the people that you have maybe the most conflict with, they probably have the most turning away bids and or Definitely. and even the most turning against bids, you know. Those yeah. are the people that you're just not sure about That's 100%. Right. That's right. And yeah. Um so they they found that um for couples who wound up divorcing um like 6 years later, there is if when it comes to like ignoring bids, 
because uh, because right sorry let's back up like as you said there's like four response potential responses to a bit that they turn away where they just ignore it um turning against where they kind of fight against it uh turning towards where they acknowledge it in some small way and then enthusiastic turning towards where they you know they build, e- on, they that build on it exactly um i think you're talking about rebidding here those which you're yes going to yes yeah, so re-bidding. so so you can in, in response to a turning away response um you can rebid. You can try it again. You can yes, be like, yes. Hey, hey. But the probability me? of a person rebidding was zero percent in, in the in the marriages that right. ended up getting divorced uh, six years later. It was twenty two percent in couples who stayed together. So still still low. Um, like in old time movies, uh, it would be like if you're doing this with your friend, your guy friend, you'd be like, "I say, sir, did you hear me? Look at <laughs> look at that boat." Yeah. <laughs> I rebid for your attention. Exactly. Hilarious. Yeah. But it just goes to show, like, ignoring people, it's, it's not as bad as turning against, but but it's still bad. Um, yeah. So what, did you give the numbers there? Yeah, uh, zero. Zero and 22. The, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, and nobody wants to rebid. Like you feel like you've already kind of been rejected. You're like, exactly. Do I really want to. Be- yeah. You're like, why didn't you listen to me the first time? Yeah. But sometimes this kind of thing happens in groups too. You know, like in a group setting, there there happens be, in all sorts of contexts. Yeah, people and somebody. You make a comment, you know, and then nobody responds to it, and like you're like, <laughs> I'm not bringing that up. Like, I, I'm not gonna be like, hey, why didn't I get a response? To anybody? You already feel like kind of like. They didn't respond to my bid. I mean, you're not saying it that way, but yeah. you're kind of thinking. Anyways. Yeah. So, yeah, um, we probably better wrap this up. Yeah, we should wrap it up. We'll, we'll talk about that next um, time. Um, wait, did you have something to say? If you don't know? Okay. Um, oh, well, I, I do have say. one thing. Okay. And, okay, so this is, if you're interested, uh, John Gottman has a book with Joan DeClaire. It's called The Relationship Cure. And what's the subtitle? It's called The Five Steps, The Five Step Guide to Strengthening Your Marriage, Family, and Friendships. Aha! Nice. So, one of the things that he says is that uh, when you have three choices when you are faced with conflict, um, but, but it could also be bidding, um, you can either attack and defend, avoid or deny, or self disclose and connect. Um, Guess which is the best? Yeah, obviously. Yeah, I just think for the most part, bids are a very straightforward thing. Uh, but it's I don't the think little. So. It, oh, sorry. Process, go on. Go on. The process of bidding, okay. responding to someone yeah. is very straightforward. That's true. That's what I meant by. That's true. That's what I mean by that. I, I mean, but thank uh, you for what, I, what I meant yes. is that there's deeper meaning behind the the bid, yeah. right? But that's all right. I meant. Go ahead. And you're totally right. There is a, to- a deeper meaning behind that. Um, but it's a simple thing that we can do to strengthen our relationships. Just responding to people, yeah. looking at people when they're talking yeah. to us. If we can, if we can be enthusiastic, why not? What do you have yeah. to lose by yeah. being enthusiastic yeah. now, towards someone's uh, bid for your attention? Now, I, you know? I, I agree with this. I want to throw in a caveat, which is I think in the dating context, it's a little mm. more complicated okay. because because the commitment is not necessarily there. Because um, I think people ignore people's bids all the time in the dating world, all the time. Oh, totally. But, that's but why we're it, still single. Well, well, oh, that's part of it, right? But, but it, it, <laughs> that's that's not entirely dysfunctional, 
<laughs> like, like not re- replying to a person's bid is a way. It's, well, it it's, certainly doesn't build a relationship, but that's perhaps right. That's but no, but it's also a way of, of communicating disinterest, it, right? Yeah, right. Or, or, or it's, but it communicates a, that in a actual relationship too. That's it true. Communicates disinterest, and so yeah, bad either way. Except that you know, you know, there's a lot of people yeah. that you don't want to be in I mean, a relationship with. But that's right. Could, I mean, if someone maybe bids for your attention or they're, like, trying to sweet-talk you, because that's what happens to women sometimes. Yeah, um, it doesn't happen to us, And if you're not interested, I mean, I guess not you could just much. say, you know, you could be straightforward or you could just ignore them. Yeah. You know? But I don't know. I don't know what the better of the two options is. I don't know either. But I do think Wait, that when you are... Uh, oh. Go ahead. I, I want to hear ahead. more of this. this uh, may, may, and I, I've opened a can of worms it's, here. It's, Maybe it's we probably... Just, yeah, we, we probably yeah. should carry this yeah. over to the next but, one. But we can always make more episodes about like this. Yes, we'll talk you. more about bids next time, and we will yeah. talk more about uh, conflict. The, yes, and how this yeah. all comes together, for good or for ill. So we've got a lot to talk about. Oh, yeah. Well, it's been great. It's been a, it has been great. It's been a good episode. Okay, well, thanks everybody for tuning in. Oh and, yeah, uh, we'll talk to you. Take care next uh, time. Be sure to apply all this stuff. Yep. Yep. Okay. Goodbye. Bye bye. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app and give us a rating. Thank you.